healthcare really takes place um, in, in large part outside of acute care hospital setting. Hospitals will be always essential, just as Kathy said, for our worst days, but not for our most days. How can you drive towards access for all? We need to build a diverse nursing workforce. This is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses, a podcast about clinicians committed to improving lives. Join me, other nurses from Humana, and special guests as we discuss topics nurses care about. Hi, this is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. This episode was recorded in partnership with the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing, where we focused our conversation on what it will take to reimagine nursing. So I hope you'll enjoy the episode and hope that you gain insights and inspiration so you can find your voice in influencing and shaping the future of this incredible profession, nursing. Enjoy. Hello everyone, I'm Tamar Rodney and I'm honored to host two nurse leaders for a special collaborative podcast for the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing and Humana. Our guests today are Sarah Zanton, Dean of the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing, and Kathy Driscoll, Senior Vice President and Chief Nursing Officer for Humana. Sarah and Kathy, welcome, and thank you for joining me. Sarah and Tamar, it's so nice to be with you today, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It's an important one as we think of the future of healthcare and the future of our nursing profession. So thanks again for having me. I'm so excited to be with you both. Thanks for having us. Wonderful. So today we want to talk more about the value of nursing and how nursing's influence will reimagine the future of health. Now we know that nursing is the largest segment of the healthcare workforce and has been the nation's most trusted profession for the last 20 consecutive years. And throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, nurses have been on the front lines helping people during this global crisis. And even though it's been a time of prolonged strain on many parts of the profession, still, 70% of all nurses say that nursing is still a great career, and 64% still think that new nurses should join the profession. Now, this is a testament to the power of nursing, I would say. But it also puts nursing in a position to bring more people into the profession and design career opportunities that will position them to lead the future of health and enhance its role in every setting from hospital to community and beyond. So there is certainly a lot to explore here and we are excited to begin this conversation. So how about we start off with um, Kathy and Sarah, could you share a little bit more about your career journey as a nurse? Thanks, Tamar. Um, I'll just start with this. I've never once regretted my decision to become a nurse and um, nursing has served me well in many different practice settings. I've worked in acute care, in long-term care, found my real passion and love in community-based care, in home health and care management. I learned so much about really seeing people in the context in which they live all the factors that can help to support their health or all the factors that really can bring challenges. So um, that, that really has always been my, my heart, my favorite, favorite practice area. I did make the decision in my career that I wanted my impact to be even broader and really sought out leadership roles. And I've been with Humana now for almost 10 years 
I've been the chief nursing officer at Humana for a little over four years. And again, every role I've had, I've learned. I've learned about people. I've really just found nursing to be a rewarding career and love the stage that I'm at as well. This is Sarah. I started my career journey as a nurse. Before I was a nurse, I worked on Capitol Hill, taking nurses around to talk to their congresspeople and staffers and really fell in love with hearing what they were doing, started volunteering in a free clinic, um, and then came to Johns Hopkins to become a nurse because it seemed much more fun than lobbying congresspeople. And once I was a nurse, I've worked with migrant farm workers and who picked apples and peaches. I've worked with homeless adults, and I spent the bulk of my clinical time providing house calls with people who are homebound and then came back to get my PhD. So similar to Kathy, just really loved the the one-on-one and the ability to see people in the context of where they are, and then decided I wanted to take those experiences and be able to impact more broadly beyond the one-on-one to try to make an impact on health more globally. Well, thank you both. And that certainly sounds like fun, exciting and established careers. But the general public's perception of nursing is not usually that broad. Frequently, it's thought of, you know, nurses are in the hospital. But nursing's influence is really one that impacts our nation's health. It spans across multiple different roles and practice settings. So first, I'll go to Kathy. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the diverse practice settings where we can and should expect to find nurses? Sure, happy to. I I think you can kind of hear from the conversation that Sarah and I started here that we believe that nurses impact across the care continuum. And I would say, you know, even in roles that maybe people perceive as less traditional for roles for nurses, informatics, in human resources, etc., the skills that nurses bring to the table just impact so many people in so many ways. As I mentioned before, some of my favorite practice areas really have been in the community, working one-on-one with people, home health, care management to support uh, patients and their families and their support system, participating in primary care. And, And Sarah talked about some of our most needy populations. These are all ways that nurses really, again, work across that care continuum and really can influence health. So I I really encourage folks to think more broadly. Acute care hospitals and the care given there is essential and so important. Healthcare really takes place in, in large part outside of acute care hospital setting. That's just a native reminder. And um, Sarah, if I could pivot to you, when we think of these numerous diverse roles, how do we prepare our nurses for these roles? And what would their education look like to take on these roles? Right. So it's a great question. And here I am the dean of the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing, the number one ranked school of nursing in the country. And so we think a lot about how do we prepare, how do we lead, how do we prepare our graduates for the future and what are the essential attributes and competencies they will need and how do we model education to inspire that. And as Kathy mentioned, you know, more and more care is happening outside of hospitals already. Four out of every 10 nurses does not work in a hospital. It's really only the bare majority that works in a hospital setting and hospitals are shrinking to the point where eventually they will just be emergency rooms, operating rooms, 
ICUs. And so more and more nurses will need to be prepared to be all, all over the place. But to answer your question about how do we prepare people for these roles, I think you know three things come across to me very strongly. One is we need to be always strength-based. We talk about people being vulnerable or risk factors or needy, but everyone, every community, every family, every person has strengths to build upon. And I mean, even if you just think about the immune system, if you get out of its way, it'll do its job, right? And we have so many strengths inside us and also our personal attributes and our families. And there are no throwaway people. There's no throwaway families. There's no throwaway communities. We need us all. And I think we really need to be switching to a strength-based approach in our education. And that includes how we treat our nursing students. I think the second thing would be being team team focused. People always say, oh, I hate group projects, <laughs> which I understand. Um, but in real life, you know, health is never up to one person. We're always in teams, sometimes in teams with physical therapists or occupational therapists or, you know, physicians or social workers or community health workers, or of course, with the families and, and people themselves who we're working with. So this idea that, you know, that nurses aren't in us just by ourselves. And so the second thing I would say would be helping our students learn through a lot of team work. And then the, the third, I think, would be assessing the person as a whole and a situation as a whole. And I think Kathy alluded this, to this a little bit in terms of all the other places nurses work, you know, with nurses training as boundary spanners and as people who understand the psychology and the biology and the communication and all the different things that we that we teach, that translates to people starting businesses, people doing case management, people running for office, you know, the basic assessment of what's in front of you and what's the context. Nursing training can be great training for all kinds of roles. That's excellent. And I think that's one of the reasons that a career in nursing is so exciting because there's so many different exciting paths you can take. But Sarah, let me stay with you for a minute. So what we talk about is how the public perceive nursing and the focus is frequently on hospital care. What does this mean when we think of nurses' role in multiple different sectors? What does hospital care look like in the future? So I think hospital care will get more and more specialized. It will become more and more kind of the tertiary and quaternary care, the things that really can't be done at home. You know, already there's models for hospital at home where you can get all kinds of treatment that you used to would have needed to be admitted to the hospital for, you can get at home. And so the hospitals will be always essential, just as Kathy said, for our worst days, but not for our most days and not for most of our health happenings. And so more and more will happen possibly at home and possibly at ambulatory centers or birth centers or other places that are you know, well-staffed, but are not hospitals. And for the hospital care in the future, I do think we'll be seeing a lot of alternate models that um, some of which were started out of necessity during COVID. People were trying all different kinds of things, both with the with the overload and with having fewer staff. Um, so I think there's a lot of transition there and I think it'll be exciting for them because for people who work in the hospitals, generally it's because they wanna be there where things are the most acute and we can be removing some of the lesser acute situations out into the community. Thank you. And, and Kathy, can I um, ask your views on the same? How do you think our hospital care in the future would look considering these different roles that we would want nurses to be in? 
Yeah, first of all, I do love Sarah's quote about it's not where you spend your most days. I heard her say that once and has always stayed with me. I think that hospital care becomes much more specialty and complexity focused. And, you know, I, I think as we think of all of the different ways that people can receive care, as Sarah pointed out, you know, during the pandemic, by necessity, we had to change some things. And some of those changes were, I think, a little bit eye-opening for some, that you could uh, create impact in different ways. I think of areas like behavioral health and all of the problems that we have with access there. Well, we found out for some folks, you can be very effective, sometimes even more effective with virtual behavioral health care. So I think that, you know, maybe our eyes are opened a little bit more towards different types of modalities and different types of settings in which we can provide care. I, I think that one of the keys for the future will be the coordination. You have care in hospital, you might have care in a long-term care facility, community-based care. The key is really the coordination amongst the practitioners, amongst the um, people receiving care and, and their support systems and, and just really being efficient with the communication in order to have good outcomes there. So I think that that's, that's one of our big challenges right now. Continue to see the value of hospital-based care, but I think that it's both choice of those receiving care, where they want to receive it, and it's, it's a look at the whole system. How can you be most effective? And how can you be efficient? How can you drive towards equitable care for all? How can you drive towards access for all? Thank you. And um, again, a nice reminder about, you know, your worst days might be where you need more care, but we're thinking of the individual, not just when they're sick, but when they need to stay healthy. So thank you both for those really insightful words. So in thinking about the future of nursing, there's many things that we have to be deliberate about. And one of those topics is diversity, equity, and inclusion. How do you think these come into play into the future of nursing? Diversity, equity, inclusion should be front and center in everything that we do. Um, that's partly based on who are nurses and who, how do people get promoted? How do people get educated? What's the pipeline? Who gets to become a nurse? Um, how do they do in nursing school? What kinds of opportunities do they have afterwards? And also then in terms of the people that we work with and serve. And I think anyone who's got an interest in well-being and in science should think about being a nurse. And that includes any gender that they are, any background, wherever they live, if they're on an uh, indigenous reservation, just any, any kind of person could become a nurse as long as they're interested in, in others and in promoting health and well-being. Um, and that includes people with disabilities. I think for a long time, we had kind of an elbows out, sharp elbows view of people had to have certain attributes to be a nurse. But there are so many different roles possible to be a nurse. And the rest of the world has a lot to learn from people with various disabilities. I think that also includes older nurses. You know, people have tended to to retire at a certain point, but 
there's all kinds of roles for nurses online or providing like guidance at the elbow for newer nurses and you know nurses as as for any, any human we start off with less intelligence in terms of wisdom and we gather that as we as we go we gather that through the years in terms of seeing patterns and understanding humans and seeing um, across connections and that wisdom just grows and grows and grows as we age and so we really do the health of the nation and the world a disservice to think about people needing to be retire if they can't stand her for eight or 10 hours. Thank you. And um, Kathy, I'll, I'll ask the same of you. How do you think diversity, equity, and inclusion come into the play of, into the future of nursing? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Sarah. This is foundational. This really needs to be table stakes. We need to relook at what is it in our structure, whether it's in our educational systems, whether it's in our institutional hierarchies, etc. We need to tap into the breadth of our population as nurses. There's so much richness that can be brought to the table, really thinking about cultural competencies, you know, the ability to interact with, with different cohorts of our patients. This is, I think, really the foundational issue that we need to build to make sure that we are supporting healthcare in our country. And, you know, again, I go back to things like access and equity of care. We need to build a diverse nursing workforce. We need to have representation, diverse representation in our leadership. We need to have very culturally appropriate and inclusive education. I think it's just foundational to the health of our nation. Thank you. And I think the picture you're both painting is, you know, walking in to receive care from someone who not just looks and speaks or sound like you, but also understands you. That is indeed a part of the care that we should be providing um, and foundational, of course. And another foundational piece I want to talk about is the daily circumstances of individuals' lives. And these are often referred to as the social determinants of health and how they're being addressed in healthcare. Why do you think addressing these is important to nursing? You know, until 10, 15 years ago, if people had a patient who was hungry or had unstable housing, that wasn't considered part of healthcare. And it was sad, and I'm, I'm sorry you can't afford your medication, or I'm sorry that you're hungry, but that's a social worker's job, or that's somebody else's job, or that's not what I learned in school. But it's just plain common sense that if someone can't afford the prescription you're writing them, it's not gonna help them. Or if they don't have a refrigerator to keep the insulin in, that they're not gonna be able to use the insulin. Or if they don't have enough food, food is some of the most basic medicine, that they won't be able to be healthy. And so, you know, about 10 years ago, healthcare started to move towards paying more for population health and prevention, where there were different capitation incentives, meaning that um, health providers and health insurance were paid more for people being healthy than visits and procedures. And this is a slow transition, but it's happening. And as part of that, if I'm a nurse practitioner and I see a patient who is hungry, it's, it's actually for the, you know, fiscally healthy for where I work, if I can connect that person with food 
or with prescriptions. And so social determinants aren't just important in health, they're also actually being addressed now. And that's with a lot of leadership from the federal government, from, from CMS and CMMI that administer um, the innovations part of Medicare and Medicaid. Thank you for that, Sarah. Kathy, how do you see these being addressed from your side of nursing? Yeah, you know, I, I always think of the quote about your zip code can have more impact on your health than your genetic code sometimes. And I think that, you know, personally, I learned more about the importance of social determinants in community-based nursing and home health, you know, where we actually were, were with people where they lived, you know, whether that was in an apartment, whether that, you know, whether they were homeless and, you know, they were, they were living in less than ideal um, situations, et cetera, really saw how important and impactful those factors were on someone's health. And I, I am glad that there's a focus on that, on these things this day, you know, even in health insurers, so many, including Humana, who I work for, are looking at social determinants of health, looking at things like the need to obtain food, the need to have a way to get transported so you can get to your primary care provider, thinking about things like loneliness and isolation and that need for social interaction, and including some of those in um, the benefits of a health plan. I mean, I think it takes all aspects of nursing and all aspects of healthcare to come together to really make sure that we not only recognize the importance of social determinants of health and the importance they have on, on you know, health outcomes, but that we provide funding mechanisms to connect people, that we have tools that we can screen for where there are gaps and opportunities, that we provide our clinicians and those who interact in communities um, with education about this so that, you know, so that we, we really are identifying where there are needs and helping to put together solutions. Certainly a foundational topic, and I'm so excited to hear the specific ways that nursing can contribute to making this better for individuals as we care for them. But I want to talk about some more concrete references now. When we talk about reimagining the future of nursing and the profession, what would you say are some of the key things we should focus on? And specifically, what can nurses do to influence and shape this future of what I would call an incredible profession? I agree. It's an incredible profession. We are integral to any health situation that there is. And in terms of influencing and shaping, I would say that nurses everywhere can use what they already know and what they already can see to lead from where they are, wherever that is, to lead in their setting, to lead in their city or state or federal government, reach out to policymakers. And policy doesn't just mean fancy congressional testimony and voting. Policy can be the rules where you, you know, how schedules are made or how people work together or how different units share resources. You know, policy is everywhere. It's in everything that we do. It can be unwritten or written. And so using the power that, that we already have, I would also say keeping nursing leaders and other health leaders accountable. Tell, tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what could be better. And to continue your education, both unofficially from mentors and experiences and officially go back to school, get the next degree, take a break from the work, get that added perspective to see where you can contribute to the future of health in this country. 
Yeah, I, I really, you know, would echo show your passion and your expertise. Nurses are experts in interpersonal skills. Nurses are influencers. Nurses know how to collaborate. Nurses have a whole person view of people. Use that expertise at whatever, as Sarah said, at whatever level that you're at. And don't be afraid to show it. I think sometimes as a as a profession, we tend to quietly go about our business when we really need to show the expertise that's there and really help to be an influencer. So I would say raise your voice, show your passion and expertise, support one another. I, I think, you know, there's an increased focus, rightly so, on well-being. This has been a tough couple of years. This is you know, our, our nurses and our other healthcare professionals are dealing with really trying circumstances. So support one another. Think about your own health and well-being, including mental health. Think about your colleagues. And again, use your influence and expertise to make sure that needs are being taken care of. And whether that is, you know, really expressing to leadership and then holding accountable for what needs are, you know, building your own kind of toolkits for resiliency, et cetera. I think that that, that focus on well-being and just self-care and caring for one another is so important. And then, you know, lastly, I would say, think about technology, and I don't mean technology as an endpoint solution, but how, how can we use technology as an enabler? How can we use technology to help to maybe relieve some of the administrative burden of practice? Let's think about things that are really important for nurses to do that really tap into nursing skills and competencies. And, and let's separate that from some of the administrative or, or other tasks that might be able to be taken on by others so our nurses can focus on what they do so well and on moving the needle on outcomes. Nursing is a wonderful profession. Again, I never regretted becoming a nurse, best decision I've made in my life. I love our nursing communities. We bring such richness to one another, but those are a few of the things that I think are important for nurses to focus on. Thank you so much. I completely agree as a nurse. It is a wonderful profession. And what I'm hearing is a powerful charge, but a much needed charge. And ultimately, the changes that we make will make healthcare even better. It's been great to hear from both of you and about the way that nursing is transforming health and is leading the future of care for all of us. Thank you, Kathy, and thank you, Sarah, for being here and for all you continue to do. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play by searching the words, The Voice of Humana Nurses. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So send us an email at chiefnursingofficer at humana.com and give us your comments and your suggestions about topics or people you want to hear about or hear from. So until the next time, thank you and be well.